Hello and welcome to this podcast from Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. This is the Generation Gap and I'm Clive Glover and I'm joined by Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Clive. At this time of year, we start thinking about something and it starts to take over your life. So we thought we might as well just talk about it. It's Christmas. Well, it isn't quite Christmas yet. It's getting towards Christmas. So we thought we'd talk about what Christmas has been like over the years and uh, see what differences and similarities there are between them. So over to you, Anna. So I was wondering prior to making the podcast how things have changed. So how did you used to celebrate Christmas when you were younger, Clive? Well, okay, I think there was many things are much the same, but there's also some differences. I think at the time when I was sort of your age um, as a teenager, um, we still had a lot of traditional things that everyone expected to do. Everyone sort of had, there's a, a sort of British tradition at the time, which was obviously to have a, a big meal on Christmas Day typically in the sort of afternoon so it was a kind of halfway between lunch and dinner type meal because it's a big meal yeah typically typically it was turkey although that was actually a change my parents I remember always said that I think they they remember generally having a roast beef for example as their Christmas meals Um, but it changed somewhere and we we picked up the sort of Thanksgiving idea from America Mm. so we went went into turkey yeah um and so the meal was a t- typical roast dinner with turkey, generally far too much of everything, but um, also the, the lovely Brussels sprouts. I bet you don't like them, do you? Oh, I actually, uh, contrary to popular opinion, I do actually like Brussels sprouts. Oh, well, join the crowd. It's a very, sh- very small group of us, I think. I, yeah. I do really like... We're definitely in the minority. I think so, yes. And obviously then followed by a great big stodgy Christmas pudding, which Mm. is quite a nice thing to eat, but not after you've had a gigantic meal beforehand, which Mm. typically you do. Um, So that was a tradition, and we kept to that sort of tradition. I mean, obviously other parts of the traditions related much more to um, going to churches and so on. And I think that's part of the things probably changed a lot now. I mean, I think a lot of people do still go along and sing Christmas carols and things like that. And it's possibly the only time they go to church in the year because they're not very regular on that sort of thing. And that's certainly changed over the years because the number of people who I think go to Christmas services and so on has reduced quite drastically uh, in this country. That is very interesting you say that because prior to the podcast, I did a little bit of thinking about how I traditionally celebrate Christmas with my family. And we usually on Christmas Eve... As a family, we go to the um, six o'clock service at St. Peter's Church in St. Albans. Um, So we usually actually go to church and we're not religious, but it's kind of something we've already always done. And it's really nice. There's a really nice atmosphere within the church and it just kind of it makes the build up even more exciting. Um, So that's kind of the only religious thing we do. But also, um, I don't know if this was a thing maybe when you were at school, Clive, but I with my old school I used to go to the school carol concert so we'd usually walk or if you're in the choir you'd get the bus you'd walk into town um through to the abbey or cathedral and then um have the carol concert there and I actually once one year I was chosen to do a reading so I had to stand up in front of the whole of the abbey and do a reading (laughs) which is quite scary (laughs) Yeah, that's quite scary. If, if it's full, and it generally is full for that service, isn't it? It's probably mm. about 2,000 people. No yeah. pressure. Of course I know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny you mentioned the St. Peter's Church thing, because I actually have been there a few times 
um, a few years ago when uh, my daughter was actually in the choir from her school. Oh, yeah. And they perform- performed at that service. So I do remember that. And it's a lovely church inside. It's always very, very well looked after, I think, St. Peter's. So, Definitely. Um, yes, it's quite good. Um, and it's the atmosphere. You come out there with all the other people. You're quite sort of joyed up and happy mm. and go out into the freezing cold outside generally. <laughs> I know, with your gloves, scarf, hat, everything on. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's part of it. I think the other things which were sort of more modern traditions but started probably the times when I was um, younger are things like the the television programmes which were on over Christmas was a big thing. And you still get that. I mean, you still get the sort of double-sized radio times with all the listings in it mm. and all the details of Christmas programmes. But it's not quite the same because in the time when I was your age, we only had three television channels. I know it's really hard to ever um, I know. get your head I, around that now. It's really hard to get my head around. I just, we have so much choice. I mean, not only do we have channels, we have streaming services, we have Netflix, we have Amazon Prime. It's just so much choice. Well, and even DVDs, although they're sort of going out of fashion, yeah. but that was very much something. So, I mean, the big thing then would be something like, um, you know, a, a film which would be shown for the first time on television at Christmas. And so often, you know, that was really quite interesting and exciting because you hadn't seen it, perhaps. Mm. Um, now, of course, you can see every film you want, as you say, on streaming or whatever it all the time so it's not quite the same thing but also it was the specials the the programs made especially for christmas and in my day there were various um sort of ones which were particularly popular and i don't know if you've heard of morecambe and wise but they were a, a sort of well-known comedian duo i think is how to explain it mm, yeah. they were a bit slapstick um yeah. and they were pretty funny i mean I, I don't know if they were hysterically funny but basically their programs were very 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 funny and very entertaining and that would be the sort of height of christmas television and in those days because there were only three channels um they would get audiences of well over 20 million at a time which is almost unheard of these mm, days i mean the, the odd football cup final or the royal wedding that sort of thing is the only mm. things that come close these days yeah yeah uh, i also um, think um another massive part of christmas maybe it's more amongst my age group but i think everyone it's quite a universal thing um christmas songs like that is such a big part of christmas and i feel as though most years an artist comes out with a new christmas song because this year i saw that elton john and ed sheeran have come out with a new christmas song and it was top of the charts i think it is top of the charts at the moment although i'm personally not too keen on it but I mean, it's good, but it's not anything special. I think it's so hard to beat the traditional Christmas songs because they're just so iconic and everyone knows them so well and really enjoys listening to them and singing along. I just don't think you can come up with a new one and it'd be nearly as good. It may surprise you, but I've heard the Elton John and um, Ed Sheeran song several times and it's been going round in my head ever since um, for a couple of days. Maybe that's Um, a good sign then. Well, maybe it is. I don't think it's as good as some of the, I was going to say traditional ones. What I mean is that over the past 20 or 30 years, there's several pop songs which were done at Christmas and they just come back every year and every year and every year. I only have to say Mariah Carey and you know what I mean. I know. Yes, (laughs) I I definitely do. 
um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, that is a big thing. And of course, which one gets to number one is the sort of big thing, isn't it? Mm. And and this year it's been completely ridiculous because there's that song we've just mentioned, Mariah Carey. And then there's all these new ones. There's, there's an ABBA song, for example, for Christmas. Is there? And, I don't know. Uh, that. I don't think Taylor Swift actually did it, but they've all released these albums. They must all be selling millions of copies or downloads or whatever you do these days. Um, and it's quite good. And I like a lot of this music. So um, again, as perhaps um, perhaps you might not expect that, but I do like those sort of yeah. artists. Sometimes artists do a, a version of their own song, but they make it Christmassy. So I, you probably wouldn't know her, but there's this artist called Sigrid and she um, made a song and then she made a v- Christmas version of it. So that's quite cool because it's a song that you're, if well, usually it might be a song that you already like. So then you're, you probably like the Christmas version as well. But there's this thing where um, I've heard there's this, challenge where someone where the challenge is that you shouldn't you have to go throughout December without listening to I can't remember what Christmas song it is but there's a Christmas song that you can't listen like you you win the challenge or whatever if you get to the end of December without listening to it or without hearing it but I can't remember which one it is now um I think my favorite's always been the um one about the fairy tale of New York. Oh, that's a really good one. Oh, get a, I want to listen to it now. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you turn on your radio to any channel, not just Radio Verulam, you'll hear lots of Christmas songs mm. at this time of year, obviously, for obvious reasons. We try and wait till at least the 1st of December before we start playing them. Although we did break the rules last week, it's my fault slightly, when we were doing the um, outside broadcasts from the Christmas events in St Albans and in Harpenden. We did actually play quite a few Christmassy songs during that period. Yeah. Sorry, that was, Nove- <laughs> that was in November, obviously. So it wasn't really Christmas. Practically a crime, that is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm just thinking. Now, the other things, obviously, which are very traditional is to um, put up decorations of various kinds. Yeah. But a Christmas tree. And yeah. um, a, a Christmas tree is very interesting to me because it's not really anything christian at all it's, and but it's just a, something that came to this country i believe it was through um prince albert queen victoria's husband oh, because he was german he was german and he put a christmas tree in windsor castle or something and the photographs of that went round the country obviously that's how they celebrated and so everybody thought oh this is a good idea um if if the if the queen has a, a Christmas tree like that, we want one as well, and that's when it started. So it's probably you know hundred and something years ago now, um, because the Christmas tree from his native Germany and from Scandinavia goes back many thousands of years. It's something which they they used to do um, for this time of year, the winter solstice, basically. Mm. Um, and I think the origin was that it's the only tree which obviously is still green in winter. So they used to cut some branches off. You take them in the house. Uh, to sort of mark mark the the um, winter period or the solstice, as, as I say, and and then they yeah. they thought of that in terms of it was good luck, so all the other plants would go green again and, and turn up again in spring. I see. Um, That's true and, because I never really thought of where Chris that the tradition of having Christmas trees originated from, and there's things like snowmen. How did someone think of making a snowman? um 
reindeer. I don't know why reindeer are associated with Christmas either. Why is it reindeer? I don't know. Well, it's all traditions from Northern Europe, obviously. Reindeer yeah, yeah. live in, in Scandinavia and, and so on. And um, I think it's all, it's all to do with that. I mean, a Christmas tree, one of the things that's, that's funny to me is I have a number of friends who are Jewish. Yeah. Obviously, they, they don't celebrate Christmas as such in a religious sense. Um, but um, several of them, I remember, told me the same thing, that their children were sort of agitated like mad. Mummy, mummy, why can't we have a Christmas tree? And so they said, oh, you know, we don't do that. And then so um, they then invented the idea of a Hanukkah tree in the families I've known and uh, basically put a tree and decorated it. Because I said to them, it's not a Christian thing at all. It's actually from the sort of pre-Christian period in Scandinavia. And it's got nothing whatsoever to do with the Christmas things, but it's just basically something we've adopted as part of the, the Christmas mm. period in the sense it's that time of year. It, it, yeah, it is interesting how, although Christmas is obviously a Chris, Christian festival, or I think you'd call it a festival, how it's so universal. It, but it's interesting how in countries where, like I was doing some research about how other countries celebrate Christmas, and I think um, I was thinking it was Japan. I was looking at Japan, and they've got a very small Christian population, but they still, it's Christmas is not probably as popular as in the US or the UK, but there's it's becoming more and more popular because I think if major countries such as the UK and the US are doing one thing it kind of tends to have a knock-on effect to other countries especially if it's something that's so nice it's Christmas I think kind of other countries kind of follow but I think you find I mean there's been that pit time of year or this time of year which is as I say the winter solstice um, all sort of countries have some sort of uh, event around that time anyway yeah they celebrate it in their own way um, I think one of the other things I found in recent years is I know quite a few people who have uh, come to this country from other countries, and particularly uh, Eastern Europe, for example, like Poland or Hungary, yeah. countries where they're basically quite strong Catholics. And so they have got brought the Catholic tradition with them, which is obviously the, one of the big things is they actually celebrate on Christmas Eve. So yeah. they have their big meal on Christmas Eve. And the Catholic tradition, I think I'll get this right. I know in Italy it's the same as this. Um, they have something like 13 different dishes, which which basically is related wow. to the, the Jesus and the, his disciples. Yeah. Uh, they don't have 13 courses, but they have 13 dishes, some of which they eat together. Um, so they have a fish dish and a this dish and a that dish and a meat dish and a, all the rest mm. of it and it's yeah. quite complicated and they have to have them have to have them prepared in certain ways which is different for each country and also in the right order so it's all <laughs> quite complicated to put it all together mm. and quite also stressful. as it's eastern europe um generally downed with lots of copious amounts of things like vodka yes funnily enough you say that about celebrating christmas eve so i was doing I was thinking what country am I interested in finding out about? And I thought Iceland because it's a very wintry country. So I was thinking they probably celebrate Christmas in quite an interesting way. And I learned that... So I was doing some research and it was quite difficult to read because they read the information because a lot of the words are very hard to pronounce. Um, but you mean anyway, you don't speak Viking? No, surprisingly, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't actually, but Christmas Eve. So on Christmas Eve, the celebrations it's called Jol or Jol Eve. Yeah, Jol, Yule, Yule, Yule in Danish and Swedish. I know that one. Oh yeah, that's it then. Yeah, that's where we get Yule tide from. You see, we, 
as in it, the chocolate. It, the chocolate. Well, yes, it's just that we. It's it's another word for Christmas, Yule Tide, but oh. we put a Y in it. But, but the original spelling for the Scandinavians is with a J. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, there's a piece of really ridiculous nonsense I know. <laughs> a fun fact, but um, so in the in Iceland, so the children open their presents after the evening meal on Christmas Eve. And that's where the main celebration starts. So that's interesting because that's different, obviously, to how we celebrate. And then New Year's Eve is a big day for them as well. Um, it's one of the most important nights in the year for Iceland. Um, they set bonfires alight. And yeah, so it's quite cool how different countries celebrate. But yeah, I think because we would never... I feel like if we were to open presents on Christmas Eve, that would be that'd be terrible. It's all about waiting, isn't it, until Christmas Day? Yeah, I think pretty much all the continental countries do celebrate on the Christmas Eve or have the the big meal then, um, and uh, that's just the traditions which they've kept. And we we just do it differently to them. So I'm not sure which one. No one's right or wrong, but um, no. it's, it's different. I think the other sort of traditions which are interesting to follow up is the Santa Claus or Saint Nicholas or Father Christmas which are all effectively here the same person. Mm. But in, in other countries, they have different traditions of how the presents arrive. And um, there's various sorts of versions where there's a black Santa. I've forgotten. I think it's Portugal and Spain that have this. And for some reason, someone knocks on the door and it's supposed to be um, somebody bringing presents. And it's a black person because there was a tradition there of, of some sort of... Um, I think it might be a slave thing, to be honest, in the past, who brought the presents to them. And that's one of the sort of traditions which is carried on in various other parts of Europe as well. Um, but others have the, the baby Jesus himself comes along and, and puts presents down your chimney. I think that's in Germany, mm-hmm. you have that. And there's another one where you put your stockings outside and the stockings get filled by the baby Jesus flying past. Wow, I didn't realise that. But it's all the stories that children learn in these different countries. Yeah, because in my family, like stockings are quite a big deal because they're kind of the way we kick things off at Christmas because traditionally we would hang, as everyone do, does, I'm assuming, um, we hang our stockings up on our um, handles on our door and then in the morning we'd wake up, look at our stockings and we'd run downstairs, super excited, look at the tree, go, wow, look at all these presents, be all, in, all thinking, what have I got, what have I got, what have I got? And then we'd go up to my parents' bedroom and we'd open the present stockings on their bed. And then we're quite strange in our family. We like always elongate opening our presents. So so in my household, the tradition that we have is that we, so we're ha- like, I'm assuming like most people do, we hang our stockings on our doors and then we go to sleep, blah, blah, blah. And then I suppose when you're little as well, it's such an exciting time. Like you can hardly get to sleep. It's also funny how for like, I never want to wake up too late on Christmas day. Cause it's only one day and you, I want to max it out. Like it's literally just one day of the whole, it's funny how it's such a big build up, but it's only one day of the whole, th- it's 365 days in the year. And there's one out of those. Anyway, and then so we hang our stockings up, and then in the morning we get all excited and look at our stockings, thinking, "Oh, look what's in here!" And then we rush downstairs, look at the Christmas tree, be very excited, be wondering what's in those presents, and then in the wrapped in those um, wrapped up, and then we come upstairs and then open our presents on our parents' bedroom, in our parents' bed, and then we are quite 
I don't know why we do this, but we never really open our presents in the morning. We'll always kind of elongate it because we have a meal in the morning. Then we might oh, like a nice breakfast and then we might go for a walk or and then family come around. Like it's just we never get around to opening our presents. One year we didn't we went to our my auntie's and we opened our presents on Christmas um, Boxing Day instead of Christmas Day because my mum didn't want to bring all the presents with us. Gosh. I can remember when I was quite young, I've got a younger sister and she used to get up at some ridiculous time in the morning, like 4.30 and race downstairs and rip open all the one presents for her. We'd go down and find no her way. sitting there with all the things opened all spread across the floor. Yeah, <gasps> she couldn't wait. Really? That was so funny. <laughs> I don't think we really, thought Really, she, she opened them all. Oh my God, that's so naughty. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was the sort of thing. Also, we at some point we didn't we didn't have stockings. We had pillowcases because I think we either had so many presents or there was such big things we couldn't fit them in stockings. Wow, that's quite innovative, actually. Maybe we should all use do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those little things. When we were quite small, I have to say, but um, there you go. Mm. Do you think Christmas is more exciting for young people than it is for older people? Well, I'm sure it's much more exciting for young children um, because they're told all these things. And, and of course, these days, I mean, it's embarrassing to me, I think, that children are encouraged to write sort of shopping lists, even an Amazon list I've seen, you know, a sort of primary school child. And they put on, you know, on an Xbox, a TV, a laptop and these sort of things. And they expect to get them. And they probably will get one of those things because the parents dote on them so much and buy them something really, really expensive. I'm not sure it's a really good idea. I probably sound like Scrooge, don't I? <laughs> no, 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 I do agree. I think um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they told me that they don't get their ch- children all new presents. They tend to get their children some new, some reused presents, so maybe some that were handed down through generations or some brought from a charity shop or brought secondhand. Um, because they don't want their children getting used to the idea that every Christmas they should be deserving of new gifts and their parents should be spending so much money on them because that could make a child quite entitled, really, I think. Undoubtedly. I mean, I remember my parents telling me that, I mean, they they were um, that sort of age in in the Second World War and they were lucky if they got something like an orange or an apple as Mm. a present for Christmas. Exactly. I know, times have changed. Oh, God. If a child was given that, they'd be so disappointed. I think now as well, some parents spend extortionate amounts on Christmas. And why why do we do that? It's only, we haven't done anything to deserve those presents. I mean, we may have, but it's just one day where we just spoil rotten. But I mean, I'm not complaining, but I mean, it's just quite interesting. See, I can imagine you're obviously spoiled. You, you're just hiding it, aren't you? I know. <laughs> probably, yeah, I probably was spoiled, definitely. I mean, but it's, it's very much for children. They, they, it obviously builds up for ages and ages towards the excitement of Christmas Day. And I think it's one of those things which is um, something that you sort of grow out of a bit later when you, you realise some of the things are perhaps not quite like you imagined. I just, I know it sounds like kind of idolising it, but I do, I, it is nice to get presents, don't get me wrong. But I do enjoy the more kind of spending time with family, playing games, eating the good food, cooking the food. Like it's just such a nice day, and I think as well everyone makes an effort on that day. So usually, it usually brings the best out in people, which I think is really nice. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, of course, you always hear stories about people who have all their family around, including that uncle who they never got on with, and all that sort of thing. You know. 
<laughs> exactly. It can be a bit strange. Uni- <laughs> yeah, it can unite people together for sure. Yeah, I suppose so. And also, I mean, the other traditions there, I didn't mention drinking, which obviously is something which um, quite a lot of that goes on because you have things that you don't normally perhaps um, touch very often, like brandy um, and this, mm. and um, these sort of things. And you, setting fire to the Christmas pudding is one of those things we always tried. I never get it to work very often. Really? I have never actually tried that, but... That is, isn't that what you're meant to do with the Christmas pudding? Well, it's a tradition, one of the things you, you, you can do. You just pour some brandy over it, which obviously is very flammable. And before mm. it soaks in, you sort of put a match to it and you then get a little sort of blue flame um, on, <gasps> on the pudding. Um, That's exciting. I don't think it really makes much difference to the taste. It might give it a slight bit of extra something. I don't know. Um, it goes out quite quickly in most cases. But, yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's quite interesting how... Um... I was trying to think of a different perspective and you have to think about all the people who are working in retail over Christmas, who are working in warehouses, working in supermarkets. But also, I don't, I mean, we don't have to go into too much detail about this, but I was listening to a podcast this morning and um, they were talking about how overrun the health services are, especially 911 calls, like ambulance services. And I, I was thinking those ambulance members probably are their most busy around Christmas time, around New Year. They're working on Christmas Day. Like, it's just, while some of us are having a great time, other people are still working. Like, it's just... And it's also, some some families can't actually afford a lot on Christmas, so it can be quite a stressful time. Well, I think the other thing that happens, of course, here now, is that Christmas actually goes on, all the sort of celebrations and, and so on go on for days, because what we do generally is fill in the space between Christmas Day and New Year. Mm. And if you actually look back in history, one of the things is the Roman uh, Romans had a, a festival called Saturnalia, okay. which basically started on the solstice, so about the 21st of December, went on for 10 days of entertainment and drinking and all that sort of stuff. So we've kind of picked up that sort of (laughs) thing as well. We don't call it that, but it's pretty much the same because most people who are working obviously take a couple of days off in the middle and then added to their their bank holidays. They basically don't have to go to work for two weeks. So everything Mm. stops. It's interesting how like the one day of the year where supermarkets are closed nothing's open like it's quite cool that christmas has that effect on everything like you say that but one of the supermarkets where i live is open on christmas day i've seen the sign outside saying they're opening hours on christmas day no way Mm. really they always do it's very good if you've forgotten something important like a turkey you have to run down and see if they've got one ready i'm joking obviously yeah oh my god Hopefully not. That would be very stressful. When I was sort of your age-ish, I worked in a supermarket, a well-known one beginning with S. And um, the mm. I remember working there lots of overtime because up to Christmas. And on Christmas Eve, at about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, somebody came in and was complaining that the turkeys are, hadn't got any turkeys left. And you think, why do you leave it so late? I know. You've got to be organised. I know someone who, um, so they were on the Morrison's, web, I think it's Morrison's, they were on the website and they were trying to get a slot for delivery and they couldn't get any for around Christmas. So they went, to, they said on the website, it said, click here if click here for click and collect if you're struggling to find a delivery slot. So they clicked on the click and collect and they were like, oh, great, delivery slot on 24th of December, let's do that. So they put in their order, get it, got it all sent off. Real and then on the twenty fourth of November, <laughs> all their food came 
and they were like, <laughs> "I think it's really funny." All their food came like, and luckily not a turkey, but like loads of sprouts, loads of carrots, loads of potatoes, <laughs> and they they had ordered it a month early. Hmm, that's a bit like. It's a bit like I remember somebody telling me about how they were posting off their Christmas cards. And they said, oh, these these ones are to like the United States, to Canada and Australia. So we'll send them off early uh, to get there. And there's a closing date usually for these um, places. And uh, one of these relatives sort of contacted them a couple of days later. said, thank you for your Christmas card, which we've got, you know, in November. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It It happens, yeah. Yeah, are you? Would you say you're a last-minute present buyer, or are you quite organised? Yeah, I think I've moved from being organised to being a last-minute person now, or not not quite last-minute. Really? But, I mean, now is getting close to last-minute, isn't it? And one of the things is there are certain shops that I wouldn't go to um, at this time of year, any year, not anything to do with COVID, but just simply because they get so crowded. It all started one year. I remember going to a supermarket, and a few days before Christmas, and I had to queue up for four hours to get through the tills. And I just remember that as a nightmare. Four hours. Oh my goodness. I would have abandoned my shopping. I'm not sure I could have even got out. It was just completely chaos. And the car park, of course, had to go around 16 times to find a space, you know. So I try, I have found a supermarket, which I definitely won't tell you where it is, um, which is um, near me, which is actually um, not usually quite so bad. And I found the last few years now I can go there and it's actually all right, right up to Christmas. That's good. You know the tricks of yeah, the trade absolutely. now. There's some you just don't go to. <laughs> no, you just stay clear. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so look, we've, we've covered quite a lot of this stuff now. I think um, Christmas is coming and it's not that far away, so we have to be getting ready for it. And certainly we should probably say a happy Christmas to everybody and hope they all have a really nice time this year despite all the other things. Oh, definitely. Merry yeah, Christmas. Absolutely. So we wish Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, certainly I'll say to you as well, I'm sure I know you're going away, which is great for Christmas, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, I hope you have a lovely time absolutely. as well. Thank you. So, okay, you've been listening to the Generation Gap podcast here from Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And uh, if you like what you hear, you can listen to it again, or you can obviously look out for some of our other podcasts. They're all available on um, com, and also available on exciting places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all sorts of other places I can never remember. But they're everywhere if you look for them. Just put The Generation Gap Show and see what you find. Anyway, thanks for listening and goodbye. See you next time.